Welcome to Welcome to the Hallwell Manor. I'm Max. And I'm Tina. And we're here to discuss Season 3, Episode 17 of Charmed. Pre-witched. Is that a pun? I... It, it's one of those things that feels like it should be wordplay, but isn't. I mean... I, I don't know what it could possibly be a play on words on. Right. I mean, this is the episode before they were witches. Pre-witched. Mm. I will say, eh, is a good sentiment for this entire episode. I really wanted to like it. There are things I do like about it. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I really like the bits we get with Grams. Well, I feel like it's always good when Grams is there, but first of all, her action, like the, the thrust of the plot in this episode... Does it, not reflect her at all. It feels very out of character for her. Sorry for interrupting. Well, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah, and it's... I don't know, I... I... Yeah, it, Grams is... I don't want to say evil or power-hungry, but I kind of... Ooh, power-hungry, that's... yeah. I really, and again, this does feel like kind of, is that 70s episode even canon anymore? Like, it dealt very heavily with old dad, and, like, I mean, I love that take on Grams, and it is sort of what we see of Grams going onward, but the whole, they stripped the girls of their powers to protect them from some, you know, punk-ass warlock who we never hear from again. Right. Like, Like, that doesn't really jive with anything with it like why why i I guess he needed a power of three spell to kill him i i don't remember the episode well enough and it just it seemed like a real weak sauce reason for them to strip the charmed ones of their powers Mm -hmm. and but it it also doesn't come up in this episode because this episode deals with in its flashbacks it deals with grams deciding to permanently strip the girls of their powers and the initial reason she stripped them of their powers never comes into play right yeah and also uh, it's it's nonsensical because the whole point was and, and and this is weird because this also doesn't work with with that 70s episode this doesn't work with anything that's been established you know what that's just got to be non-canonical it's uh, there's too much that doesn't work with that being the reason they that their powers were were bound but the whole deal was their powers wouldn't be unlocked until they were together and like grams was dead well no 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 they had to like be sisters right like they had to feel the sister bond before they would get their powers, and that has nothing to do with locking their powers away to keep them from this warlock. And Grams's thing here is she's worried that they're never going to be sisterly with each other, so she better just take the powers away for good. But if they're only going to get the powers when they're ready for the powers, then why are you taking away the powers because you think they're not ready? Yeah, and and again, this is a thing we've seen before in terms, and I think we'll see again in the future that, like... Their powers are very much connected to their bond as sisters. If they ever turn their powers against each other, they lose them. Something which is so, so inconsistently enforced, but... Also, you know what could have strengthened their bond as sisters? Raising them to know that they are the Charmed Ones and what that means and teaching them to use their powers. Again, continuity is never really a strong point of Charmed. But later in the show, they kind of ditch the whole them not knowing they were witches since they were children. There's a, there, there is a line later 
in Charmed, where Grams's ghost is talking to Piper, and she tells she's she's like, "Remember when we sat down and had the witch talk?" And I'm like, "No, no, because that never happened." I mean, I guess it might have happened if that '70s episode is canon, and Piper and Prue had their powers when they were like respectively three and five, but. I don't know. I mean, we see that Phoebe knew about the woogie, but then she just assumed that was a childhood thing. Like a childhood monster. Well, yeah, because their powers were sealed away before she was born. Which doesn't really work with the whole thing where... Where Patty had one last premonition and it was of Piper on her wedding day. Well, I, don't I mean, know. she could have had that premonition before... She had, she had one really quickly before because in that 70s episode like the flashback part doesn't it end with the Graham stripping them of their powers yes but um i think she was getting premonitions from phoebe yeah before then but did, did she so she could have gotten the wedding premonition like like she might have gotten the wedding premonition like as soon as she was pregnant uh, i mean i mean i don't know why i'm trying to make it work it's all it's all a mess charmed does not care about continuity, which is fine. This was a... I mean, I know they get big bads later, but Charmed was basically always at least kind of a monster of the week show. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, this episode is just so much filler. It's... Yeah. Oh, yeah. This episode is... It's not good. It's not the worst episode ever, but, like... Eh. 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 So it opens with piper and leo having sex in the shower because that's what newlyweds do i guess also i'm just gonna i'm just gonna say this shower sex is terrible i know i mean i don't want to get into a whole thing about it but like only one of you can be under the spray at one time so like one of you is cold and one of you is wet also water not a lubricant yes like like if you have a special shower that has like two nozzles it's it's like that um what was that old movie i want to say north by northwest but i know that's wrong we're like having sex on the beach is not a feasible thing as anyone who's been to the beach can tell even making out on the beach like but especially the whole you know oh having sex in the ocean's awake like yeah you know what you really want involved in your sex life salt water and seaweed and sand and sand oh and sand yeah you know what's fun getting sand in your urethra that's something you want to have happen okay that's horrifying also you're thinking of from here to eternity i'm pretty Th- sure thank you yes it's been, it's been parodied so much i couldn't think of the original uh the best for my money is of course the simpsons where itchy and scratchy were doing it oh yeah <laughs> see that's okay because they're cartoons even in universe yes also, it was part of a cigarette ad, I believe, in Universe. Yeah, yeah, I think that was right. Back when cartoons used to be able to advertise. Back when you could advertise cigarettes, period. Yeah. I mean, I know that was the joke in the universe, in universe that it was like. But it's still weird that, like, the Flintstones used to do ads for cigarettes and stuff. Yeah, Winston tastes good like a cigarette should. Okay, we're not doing cigarette advertisements. No, I, I was quoting the Flintstones. No, no, I know. I know. I, I know. Also, I, I don't believe Winston exists anymore, so it's okay for us to... Uh, I don't know what cigarette brands exist anymore. I saw this thing where they were talking about how, like, you might think that they're being replaced by vape or whatever because you don't really see cigarettes as much anymore, but it's just not really an America thing anymore. 
like tobacco sales are consistent it's just not really high no uh it's not really in america anymore oh oh yeah which is odd to think about but Hmm. so uh Phoebe barges into the bathroom because she needs something from the bathroom while Piper and Leah are having their, their shower sex. But she, like, she has her hand over her eyes. She's like, it's okay, I'm not looking. Go ahead and keep fucking my sister. And then, obviously, that's a mood killer for them. So they put on their robes and they go out into their bedroom. And Prue comes in and she's like, hey, I'm just looking for my keys. I can't find my keys. Why would your keys be in Piper and Leo's bedroom? I... That is a good question. I mean, I get what they're doing here because the conflict of the episode in the largest finger quotes possible is, are Piper and Leo going to move out of the house? Which I think Piper's the one sister who never moves out of the house throughout the course of the show. I wouldn't say Prue moves out. She dies. (laughs) Well, she's not buried in the house. (laughs) Yes, I guess that's technically not moving out. She she moved out of the house when Shaxx blew her through that wall. Too soon. <laughs> Too soon. Because it hasn't, it, happened, it hasn't yet. happened yet. Yes. But both Paige and Phoebe live outside of the house, but I don't feel like Piper ever really does. No, I think that's correct, yeah. Also, she's the only one to show up for the finale. Oh, God. <laughs> anyway, Piper tells Leo that... She and Prue used to live together in an apartment, and then they moved back here to take care of Grams when she got sick, and the people that they were subletting their apartment to are leaving now, so hey, they can go back to that apartment. Are they still subletting? It's been, like, four years. Well, she actually says... It's been six years. So, I'm not sure what the situation was. She says that they'll give... Piper and Leo for shot at the lease, but that's not how leases work. The, the landlords choose that. So it might be that they sublet to these people and then they took over the lease at some point and now they're going to sublet to Piper and Leo. It doesn't matter. It doesn't no, matter. Nothing in this episode matters. Anyway. <laughs> so we cut from Piper being like, hey, maybe we should move out of the house and Leo being like, Really? 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 I mean, I know I can just teleport, so it's whatever, but, like, come on. That's not gonna happen. Right? I mean, remember Full House? Uncle Jesse didn't even move out of the house when he got married and had twins. They just all lived in the attic. Yeah. And this isn't Full House. They're not building another set for this. (laughs) This isn't that season of Glee where half of the cast was inexplicably in New York. It wasn't inexplicable. They graduated, and then they went to go make it. Then stop following those characters. Don't do this weird thing where half the cast is in New York and half of the cast is still in high school. It's weird. Do you remember when they were casting the kids to be, like, the upcoming new kids in high school? The the Glee Project. Yes. And like, the white dude with dreadlocks who was in, like, three episodes is, oh, it's the Irish transfer student. Yes! Who Santana physically assaults, but it's okay because she's a closeted lesbian, so she can physically assault whoever she wants to. Okay, I don't remember that plot point. Well, she did it with dodgeball, so it's okay. Oh, well, that's like, it's school-sanctioned. Yeah, it's okay that she broke his nose. Hey, it's school-sanctioned assault. Wait, she hit him in the face? That's That's a penalty in dodgeball. Well, and I don't think it was during a game. 
Oh. I don't know. I, I, I stopped watching Glee. Actually, so, I w- stopped watching Glee the episode before the Rocky Horror episode. That was, whatever episode that was, that was the last episode of Glee I ever watched. I stopped watching around the college split, but the show's, I mean, I like amoral characters, but the show's weird thing with who was bad and for what just... And it cycled between being, like, three completely different shows. So, the AV Club, when they did their recaps, actually really covered the fact that it was three shows at war with each other, right? It was the show that was a satire of high school shows, it was the show that was actually a sappy high high school school show, and then it was the show that was, like, that just wanted to be a musical and nothing else. Yeah. And, like, the pilot was really that satire of high school shows. Well, I mean, the first, I mean, was it first season, the first, like, 12 episodes Mm -hmm. where they weren't sure if they were going to get picked up for either a full season or a second season? It was basically just, um, what was the, what was the creator's name? Ryan Murphy. Yeah, I mean, it it was Ryan Murphy, and he was basically just doing his old show popular again, except with uh, music. Oh, were we not a fan of popular? I do not care for popular. Like, at all. I only watched a couple episodes. I liked it fine, but never, not, not really enough to revisit it. Was it too Ryan Murphy-y for you? Yeah, that's, let's go with that. It was too Ryan Murphy-y. I mean, it, it was, it was a, like, tongue-in-cheek parody of, like, the OC and stuff, but not really that good. I mean, it was No Strangers with Candy. It, I, I, I don't want to go off on a whole thing here, but it, it, it had a... It had an an undercurrent of misogyny to it that just made it very difficult for me to watch. A Ryan Murphy show being misogynist? I I don't believe that for a second. My word! I know, I know. It's it's shocking. <laughs> it's shocking. Um, yeah. But the problem with Glee is that what we will get back to Charmed at some point. But I do want to hear what is the problem with Glee. You can't start out as a cartoonish satire and then try to switch gears into being sincere like you can't have jane lynch being like a cartoonish villain and then all of a sudden be like but you know what really matters the friends we made along the way like you just you can't that, that, that's why that's why who's good and who's evil doesn't make any sense mm, mm. i just like in the early episodes it was really like the episode where they're having the fundraiser to raise money for the Glee Club and Puck just makes pot cookies so people will want to eat more. Or how Sue, like, literally shoves someone down the stairs so that she can... Yes! Like... Although, God, I love Jane Lynch so much. Oh, I mean, of course. And any show that gives her long speeches about how evil she is. Well, that's the thing. If they had kept her cartoonishly evil and the show had stayed that tonally that would have made sense that would have been fine but in my all lesbian version of uh the justice league she was uh she was batman i did not i i don't think i i saw you do your all lesbian version of the justice league yeah who was wonder woman oh god who was wonder woman oh i don't remember who was wonder woman wait 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 who was aquaman uh margaret cho interesting Actually, I don't think I did a Wonder Woman incarnation. The token female member of the League, I went classic, Black Canary. Oh, and... Nathan Lane. (laughs) 
not a lesbian, but right, right, right. I, I, I gotcha. I gotcha. Honest to God, I got really attached to the idea of Nathan Lane as Black Canary, even though there's no way in hell that would ever happen. He would be really good at it, though. So, back in Charmed... Back in Charmed. We see a witch doing a spell, and... Hey, uh, she's not blonde, but she is, uh, she is black, so we know that she is not making it out of this scene alive. God. And, and you know what? I, I didn't realize until the scene came on and we started getting ready to talk about it, but I hate this plot so much. And I hate this villain so much. He's very, very irritating. Well, it's not just that. It's, it's wrong. It, it, it's fundamentally wrong. The villain is her familiar. Yes, she's casting a spell. She's got a neat little levitating trick, which I guess is, it's probably weaker than Prue's telekinesis because, you know, telekinesis is supposed to be a special charm on power, but clearly the switch has it too. Mm-hmm. She's, she's casting a spell and she, and these candles are levitating around her when suddenly her cat starts knocking potions off of her potion shelf and she's like, Shadow, no! And he knocks down the turn into a person potion. Okay, so I don't think he knocked down the turn into a person potion. I think he knocked, because he knocks down like three bottles. I think he knocked down the three ingredients needed to turn into a person. And then he jumps into the puddle and turns into a person. And then he throws the potion that kills witches. at Maybe don't keep that in your house, lady. But yeah, uh, I don't conceptually hate this idea. It's just, it doesn't work in this episode because they really don't do anything with it. Having having a witch's familiar turn against her is an interesting idea, I think. Mm, it, it just really rubs me the wrong way. Like, your familiar shouldn't be able, like, like you should have a, a bond with your familiar that means that you can't turn against each other. And I mean, maybe I just play too much D&D, mm. but it, it, it bothers me. Like, I... It, it feels, like, fundamentally wrong. Like, it's, it's like, it's like if your daemons in, um, the Golden Compass, like, could turn against you. I mean, see, the thing is, I think it could work if it was more of sort of the focal point of the episode. If, like, the witch was trying to suppress darker instincts and they were going into her familiar and that's why the familiar turns against her. Right, or or if she, or or conversely, if like she had turned evil and the familiar was like the part of her soul that was still you know drawn to good magic. Like, yes, that could have been an interesting story, but just there's not even an explanation given. Her familiar just went bad. Yeah. Like it's not narratively satisfying. Her familiar turned on her turned into a human dude and then threw a witch killing potion at her and killed her which i mean it's kind of ambiguous until she shows up as a ghost later in the episode because she's just like no and then there's like a wind effect over her yeah it's it's, weird it's weird i feel bad for this actress i do too also does charmed have any non-daryl running black characters Long running. I mean, like, not like that inspector guy who was in three episodes before, or DA inspector guy, the one who died so that Prue could learn a lesson about not being able to save everyone, which you'd think she would know at this point in the show, but... Mm-hmm. Um, 
can't think of anyone. It's not 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 great charmed. No, no. I mean, what do you think this is, Buffy? <sighs> hey, Buffy had like two characters of color who lasted. Uh... Oh no! Wait, Kendra died at the end. Yeah, of Yeah, Ken- Kendra doesn't count. Kendra, Ken- they can they, they did Kendra dirty. Yeah, because I was like, Kendra made it for more than one season, right? And I'm like, nope, nope, she didn't. Robin Wood was cool, but he was only in the last season. Mm-hmm. I mean, the last season tried to diversify it some, although the whole thing with the Shadow Man was so deeply. Re- and oh god, in the spirit of the first Slayer, Buffy had some really big issues with race. Yeah. Not- yeah. <laughs> Not super surprisingly, given the recent wait, stuff with wait, Joss Whedon. Wait, Joss Whedon? <laughs> Joss Whedon had issues with race? Hey, Gunn made it through most of Angel, and he had, like, character arcs and stuff. Yeah, but by that time, Joss Whedon was doing three shows simultaneously, so good stuff was allowed to leak out because he was he was stretched so thin. Mm. Mm. Also... He wasn't allowed to come out. The actor, uh, Jay August, whatever, uh, the guy who played Gun, he wasn't allowed to come out of the closet because of Angel, so that was a whole different thing. God. Oh my god. We should get back to talking about Charmed where it's just, you know, regular bad and not... So, uh, so the sisters are sitting around the kitchen table and they're all fighting because there's not enough room in the house and... Everyone's eating each other's cereal. And, and reading all... each other's newspapers. Oh my god, this is... <laughs> I know it's 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 the early 2000s, but so many 90s problems. And Leo's like, well, guess what? Piper and I are going to move out, so everything's going to be okay. And Piper's like, Leo, I thought we were going to talk about the best way to break the news to everyone. You guys have been married for like a week. What is it with all this fighting? Well, I mean, they were fighting pretty hard before they got married, too. True love. (sighs) Anyway, Piper's trying to argue to her sisters that it makes sense for her to move out because now she's a married woman and so she wouldn't, she she shouldn't be staying, uh, you know, with her sisters now that she has a husband because that's the family that counts now. But it's like... Yeah, she's like, I have two families now and the one with a penis that has sex with me is clearly the more important one. Which, oof. But also, it's like, your your charmed one thing is way more important than your marriage. I'm sorry. It's just it's just a fact. It really, really is. And also, <laughs> like, I... I know it's not as big a part of the show as it should be, but the power of three really should be over the nexus and together all the time. And I know it's the running, it's the background noise of our show, but you should have words up. But your big thing with the house should be protecting the Nexus. Oh my god, they hardly even talk about the Nexus. Like, it, the Nexus is basically their hellmouth, and it never comes up. Well, I mean, it's... Like, three episodes it comes up. Well, it's a big thing in, like, every season finale after a certain point, where it's like, oh, the source is after the Nexus for the one episode where we need to kill the source before it goes into coal. And then I think Zanku is after the Nexus, and they killed him to, like, blow it up. They, it, and they, they blew it up to oh, yeah. kill him. I can't wait till we get to that episode. And then, like, they absorb its power so that they can fight Billy and Christy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can't we can't beat up Big Bang Theory and her sister unless, unless we absorb the Nexus. That's a necessary thing. So... 
So we cut from the argument over whether or not Piper and Leo should move out of the house to a flashback where Prue and uh, Piper are in the kitchen with Grams, who is not dead yet. Yep. And Prue is on the phone dealing with wedding stuff because she's still engaged to Roger. A Roger mention. Wow. In season three. Yeah. And she's talking about, she's talking about moving in, you know, with Roger, getting away from uh, her sister, who has, like, an office job. And Grams is all like, why don't you look at the newspaper? No one's underlooked any chef positions. And then, it's it's funny, right? Because she gives, um, she pulls out a camera to, like, present it to Prue. She's like, Look, a camera. I, like, like remember when your dream was being a photographer and Prue's like, mm, eh. I mean, even, even in present times, it barely comes up. <laughs> it was a huge random shift my character made that just never had any plot impact after a certain point. Yeah. I mean, I guess she took that lady's picture in the... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. She, she took... Uh, and I guess she was taking pictures at the beach and that was the reason they were at the beach where their mom died, but... The beach where they went after their mom died. Yeah, but, like, it the, it really doesn't feel like it's, you know, a part of the show that was worth completely altering her character. And giving up Buckland's was such a good story, and it was such a good story engine that they just dropped for the photography thing, which is a bad story engine. I'm sorry. It Like, she almost dated an actor one time. She was on a photo shoot when she saw, uh, you know, the monkey astral project. Wait, don't forget, don't forget the, uh, the luck of the Irish. Oh, right, yeah. The super unlucky woman who's also Irish, so that's definitely a story that they should print in their alt-weekly. Actually, you know what, that would totally be a story. Anyway. (laughs) I guess it also came, it also came into play, you know what, it's come into play a lot. It's just, it's, I feel like it's objectively a worse story device than the auction house like she also got blinded by photochemicals in the episode with her stalker oh yeah you know what the photography thing wouldn't be so bad if it felt organic because it does like all the things you're talking about is like it it's you know organically bringing us stories as opposed to the auction house where it could be like a different a, a monster of the week every week you know with the with items and stuff the curse painting episode is one of the stronger episodes of whatever season it was in it really is but the thing is if her being a photographer felt more integrated into the show it would make more sense but it like only comes up when they want to make it part of the plot so grams is trying to push the girls to uh you know follow their dreams or whatever and Prue's like whatever grams i'm gonna move in with roger as soon as we're married and piper's like you can't move in with roger we need to take care of grams who's sick and grams is like and also in the room with you come on this is really weird because it's they're acting like Prue and Piper are having a hard time living together even now even here and Prue's like one foot out the door to be with Roger but we just learned that they were living together in an apartment before this surely they have even more room here yeah I I okay so this argument is interrupted when a policeman knocks at the door with Phoebe in tow two policemen Phoebe took two, it required two policemen bringing her home. Also, she's wearing, like, 
a t-shirt, like a, a, a ringer t-shirt that you would buy at like Foot Locker. Mm-hmm. And then leather pants and a leather vest over it. Like, it is just a ridiculous outfit. Oh, also everyone has wigs so that they have their season one hair. Yes. Which, I guess they just had that hair consistently for three years. Yeah, I mean, that's that's not, that's not that unusual. I guess. But, uh, yeah, apparently... Phoebe, uh, Phoebe says that she accidentally left the store with shoes she was just trying on. She wasn't stealing them or anything, and then the cops make her take off the shoes and hand them to them. Why wouldn't they... Have done that at the store. Yeah, they just let her wear them in the right... And did she leave the shoes she went to the store there? I... I, I have... I... I don't know. I don't know. And Grams is all like, what about your destiny? And, okay, so we do this- You have to think of the future, Phoebe. (laughs) Oh, God. So we do this transition where it cuts from her, like, taking off the shoes that she stole to her in the present day, being all responsible and being like, oh, I I can't buy these shoes in in a shoe store. Being like, oh, I can't buy these shoes. They're too expensive. Oh, but I do want to try these on. And then the cat shows up. The, the cat who's now human. Oh, I think I think you're uh, you're smoothing over the guy helping her uh, try and choose. The shoe store associate is probably a homosexual. That's th- yes. In San Francisco. <laughs> but yeah, no, he he's like, I'll find you some new shoes, and she's like, Yeah, thanks, yay. But then the the cat familiar demon shows up, and he's like. <sighs> Though he goes, those shoes are so last season. And then Phoebe throws a stiletto at him and it embeds in his forehead and he dusts. Okay. That's okay. I. There are individual parts of this episode, I think, work. And I do like the concept of a cat demon you have to kill nine times. Yeah, that that's a good, that's a good plot. But doesn't work here we cut from phoebe very easily vanquishing this demon to piper getting boxes for them to move and suddenly the same demon appears and he's like hey i'm gonna kill you unless you do something to kill me and leo's like piper stab him with the box cutter and piper's like when has that ever worked against demons don't demons always need like a vanquishing spell or a potion or whatever and leo's like i don't know just stab him and see what happens and you know, Piper stabs him and he pops like a balloon made out of balloon. I guess balloons naturally pop. You don't. <laughs> I don't know where I was. He just, he pops. And Piper's like, oh, that was ridiculously easy. Okay, so I called out the really bad outfit that Phoebe was wearing in the flashback. Mm-hmm. So I just want to say that I love what Piper is wearing. She's wearing like a purple camisole and then over it a purple leather jacket and I love it. It's like a purple leather blazer. It's like she skinned a alien, I guess. <laughs> oh, so now that so now that if you're keeping track, uh, the cat demon has been killed twice. Mm-hmm. And uh, we go back into a flashback back in time where Prue's yelling at Phoebe for being an irresponsible brat. And we realize that the three of them are posed on the stairs outside the manor. This is the picture that represents their their 
sisterly bond. Mm -hmm. Where they move closer together in the picture when they're in a good place and further away when they're in a bad place. And, oh my god, they're all being such brats. You are, you are three full-grown women, and Grams just needs you to stand still and smile for 60 seconds so she can take a picture. Yeah, like, it's not a huge request, but no, they can't stop arguing. And Prue brings up the thing that was in the pilot, the reason why she and Roger broke up. She, she says... Roger says that you tried to sleep with him, and Phoebe's like, I would not fuck your fiancé with someone else's vagina. Can you imagine, like, not believing your sister on this? Like, this this just blows my mind. I, I The whole thing with Roger and Phoebe and Prue believing it just is really, really troubling. But I don't get why Roger told her this. In the pilot episode, it was why she and Roger broke up. Roger told her that he slept with Phoebe. Uh-huh. Here, it just seems like he told her that Phoebe tried to sleep with him, which I guess makes more sense for a lie to tell. No, no, no. I think he was telling her for a while that Phoebe wanted to have sex with him, that Phoebe was trying to seduce him. And then later he was like, oh, it worked. She seduced me. To what end? Seemed like No he, idea. It seemed like he wanted to marry Prue at some point. Was it just to be a dick? I, I, I don't get Roger as a character, but he maybe doesn't. Maybe he... And, and again, I'm like coming up with so much backstory that the show does not give us, but maybe he... Wanted an out of the relationship. No, no, no. Maybe he, you know, I mean, obviously he was a jerk. And maybe he knew that Phoebe saw through him. So he wanted to drive a wedge between Phoebe and Prue so that she, like, wouldn't be an issue. I guess. Anyway, uh, the three sisters are arguing on the steps and Grams is like, oh, my heart. And they're like, Grams, are you, are you okay? And she's like, I will be okay if you let, just let me take the goddamn picture. So, you know, they pose, but they're standing far away from each other in the pose. Which, you couldn't stand closer to each other. You couldn't smile for a picture for your very sick grandmother who raised you, apparently. I... The very sick thing, because her, ooh, my heart thing only ever seems to show up when they're arguing and she wants them to stop or, you know, right before she dies. <laughs> Well, they, they did say when they were in the kitchen a couple scenes ago that she had just gotten out of the hospital, so. Technically, that would be when, uh, again, this continuity stuff is weird. We know that Piper met Jeremy, the warlock who tries to kill them in the first episode when Grams was in the hospital. Oh, yeah. I, I guess she met them, I, I guess she met him then because... I don't think they took Grams to the hospital. She dies in this episode, and it looks like they just take her, you know, to the morgue. Well, I mean, she could have met him, but they they haven't been together enough for it to be a relationship at this point. I mean, I'm pretty sure it was established she died at the hospital, and that's where he met her. Oh. But. Oh, well. Whatever. It's not like, con again, trying to, trying to tie Charmed down to solid continuity is an exercise in futility. Seriously. So we go back to the present, and the warlock appears again. This time it is Phoebe who stabs him in the back with an umbrella, causing him to discorporate. She mentions that she'd killed him before, and Piper's like, oh, I killed him uh, too. And Prue's like, also, I killed him at one point, apparently. 
I guess so they wouldn't have to do another death scene with I don't know. But wait, like, wait, is that what happens? Did I black out? Why didn't they show Prue fighting the warlock in the attic? Am I am I losing my mind here? No, it's weird. They just have her because Phoebe talks about it, Piper talks about it, and then Prue it's a it's such an offhand line, she's like, Oh yeah, the warlock attacked me in the attic and I killed him. And then he shows up and they kill him again, but that's got to be a deleted scene, right? Probably, yeah. It's probably a deleted scene, but, like, why? I mean, I guess, well, I mean, it has to be nine times. I, I guess I, uh, maybe the episode was running long? Because cause they created a villain who needs to be killed nine times? And they also had it be the episode where they intersperse it with flashbacks for no reason. Because it doesn't, outside of... I guess them needing to stay in the house it really doesn't intersect with the main plot at all. And it doesn't, and it's not, yeah, it doesn't intersect thematically either. Like, and I mean, it, it could have, right? If it had been about a familiar turning on a witch and breaking that bond and also the sisterly bond, like, it could have worked. What is, what is happening? This, this episode is so much nothing. It could have, we could have found out that the reason that, uh, that dog that Graham's owned ran away was because Graham's cast it out of the house for being a bad familiar. There is so much nothing in this episode that, like, it, it's just filled, it's filled to the brim with, with nothing. I, 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 they go to the attic to look at the book's shadows and figure out what to do, and Graham's ghost is like, a, you know, we don't see her, but you know how she flips the pages of the book. She's like, do a seance! Do so, a seance! Which I kind of assumed was to, you know, talk to her, but it's not. It's to talk to that witch who was killed by the warlock in the opening, the, the witch who owned the familiar. Mm-hmm. So they summon her, and she's like, I'm part of the great beyond now, but before I died, he was my familiar and he turned against me. And the thing is, once a familiar turns against a witch, he assumes a mortal form and he has to die so he can be reborn as a full demon that is completely invincible. But since he was a cat, he has to be killed nine times. And Prue's like, that's that's kind of a lot. That's a lot. Really? Really? And they're like, oh, he must have come after us because Piper's like, well, why doesn't he just walk in front of a bus nine times? And Phoebe's like, oh, he has to, you know, he has to have confronted us because we're the most powerful witches in the world. So clearly only we could vanquish him, except they keep on like... Phoebe tapped him in the back with an umbrella and he died. Yeah, like she threw a shoe at his head and he died. Literally, I don't see why he couldn't just walk in front of a bus nine times. This is like Super Mario Brothers rules. Like, he gets brushed by an enemy and he dies. Like, it's not like they're doing vanquishing spells on him. I Also, since when do demons die from any of this stuff? Yeah. Yeah, they haven't used magic magic to vanquish him at any point, right? Like... Phoebe killed him with a shoe. Well, I guess we don't. I guess we don't, we know, don't know what know happened how in the attic. Yet yeah, we don't know how Prue killed him. But so uh, Prue's like, "Wow, really sucks. You're dead. You want us to like send your mom a note saying that you're happy in the afterlife or whatever?" And she's like, "I'm part of the great beyond now. I've evolved beyond such things as 
needing to send my mom a note telling her that I'm fine in the afterlife. Woo, I'm a ghost. And then they, they dismiss her. Brew does say, she's like, hey, I'm super sorry that, like, you died and we're just, like, interrogating you. Like, you're some sort of NPC villager. Hmm. Interesting that Prue's the one who seems to have an issue with treating someone like a plot device. It's weird that a character in charge... It's weird that one of the sisters feels bad about treating people like plot devices. Well, to be fair, we are only in season three. They haven't quite reached the point where... Just throw the mermaid back in the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> Which is one of my favorite bits. Is it weird that I'm looking forward to when they don't give a shit about fighting evil anymore? No, it's not weird. Those are great. So... Piper blows out the candle and sends the ghost back to Ghost World, which triggers another flashback to Grams, who... Really bad witching, Grams. She left a window open during her seance, and the candle blew out because of the wind, so she relights the candle once the door's closed, and hey, it's Patty! Okay, but she's like, hey, sorry, the wind blew out the candle and we lost our connection. It's like when you have a bad... Like, this is not a... I mean, it is a seance, obviously, but Grams is just treating this like a long-distance phone call. She's just like... It's like when I have to turn off my Wi-Fi on my phone or else my phone tries to do Wi-Fi calling and then it doesn't, like, connect properly. Yeah. So, she's like, Patty, I just, I don't know what to do. They're not connecting as sisters, which means that they won't be able to fight the evil that will come for them once they become witches. And Patty's like, don't really have a choice, though. They're going to be the charmed ones. They need to become the charmed ones. And Grimms is like, well, I do have a choice. And Patty's like, what? Grams is like, never mind, <sighs> blows out the candle, which again, this is kind of a reverse of the thing that we saw in that 70s episode where Patty was not into them being witches and Grams was all gung-ho about them being witches, but yeah. Also, I mean, if the problem is that they're not going to work together and develop the power of three, but warlocks are going to be coming after them, so they're going to be in danger... But also, as I said at the top, they're not going to come into their powers until they activate their sister bond. Although, I guess it wasn't the sister bond that activated their powers. It was Phoebe casting the spell. Mm. But it's heavily implied and even kind of stated outright in this episode that that spell wouldn't have worked if they hadn't been, like, in the same house and being sisters. Mm. Mm. Anyway, in the present day, Phoebe goes into the kitchen and the cat, Shadow is the cat's name. I don't know if we said that. Shadow is in the kitchen and uh, Phoebe stabs him and is like, oh, God damn it. I wasn't supposed to kill him. Yeah. And Piper and Prue come in and Piper's like, really, Phoebe? Really? And she's like, it's instinct. If I, we've been fighting demons for three years, if someone jumps out of the shadows at you, you fight back. I do kind of love the kind of casual way that... Uh, Piper and Prue run into the kitchen and see Phoebe standing there with the knife, and she's like, sorry! Okay. They're like, Phoebe! Okay, but the thing is, like, she she doesn't stab him with the knife directly. She kicks him over a table, and when he stands up, there's a knife in his back. Yeah, he, he, he slid over it on the counter. And then it somehow got stuck in his... I'm sorry, is he a knife magnet? I don't see how that could have possibly killed him, or stabbed him in that... Ain't... Mm-hmm. But, like, yeah. And they're like, 
I, I don't know what to do. We can't, you know, we can't not kill him. He's a demon. Prue's like, well, I mean, I guess we could just try not killing him, right? Like, he can't kill us because apparently we're the only ones who can kill him. Yeah, nobody else has a knife in their kitchen sitting on a counter. Only, only the charmed ones wear high heels. And umbrellas? Forget about it. Only the charmed ones carry around cardboard boxes. I know it was the box cutter, but come on. Oh, uh... Kit Watch 2022! Kit Watch 2022! I thought we were done with these, but... Um, they're like... They start talking about how... I can't believe a familiar would ever turn against... Uh, their witch. Do you think we have to worry about Kit? And then they flash cut to the most green screen cat in all of existence. Sitting on the, uh, floor going... Wow! I'm here! Wow! Phoebe's like, well, I'm not changing in front of him ever again. And I'm like, Kit's a, Kit's a girl cat. Kit was a girl cat for, like, the first couple of seasons. She, the, there, there, that was a, that was a really established thing. When you cast the love spell, she was in heat and all of the, uh, boy cats in the neighborhood were trying to break into your house. Like, well, don't well, worry about it. I mean, I know it could not possibly matter less. Kit is. I mean, Kit Watch 2022. It's a freaking miracle. Kit actually showed up. We also get like a thing where we flash back and Piper sees Kit on the porch. But I guess this is before they had taken Kit in because Piper's like, go home, Kit. Or random cat and. This is an actual cat that Holly Marie Combs actually interacts with. She she picks it up and she places it on the sidewalk. Like, could they just not get the cat for the other shot? I mean, that's possible. They couldn't just jam... They, I mean, they couldn't just get one shot of the cat sitting inside the house? Okay, so I am going to bring up The Office, which is a, which is a real departure for us, because usually I talk about... Buffy or yeah. Buffy. Um, but no, I was listening to The Office Ladies, and when they did the breakdown of the cold open, the fire drill cold open, and they described how much work went into the sequence where they throw Bandit into the ceiling, where Angela throws the cat into the ceiling and then it falls down somewhere else. Yeah. Like, I... I believe that they couldn't bring the cat into the house because it turns out cat wrangling is like a whole thing. It's not even like the cat needed to do anything. You just needed a single shot of the cat sitting in the house. Maybe maybe either Shannon Doherty or Alyssa Milano refused to be around cats for some reason. Entirely possible. So, in the past... But Shannon Doherty loves animals, as we know from that episode of, uh, is it 90210 or... BH90210. BH90210, where they have that episode where Shannon Doherty keeps stealing animals for some reason. Okay, I really liked that show. I'm sad that that show's not getting a second season. Oh, it's not? No, I don't think so. I mean, I enjoyed it too. It it was a fun little meta-narrative for someone who did not watch the original Beverly Hills 90210. I love the fact that they just straight up ignored the fact that it got a reboot. Yes. Which is, so, so, just, just to be clear about all the names, the original series is Beverly Hills 90210. Mm-hmm. The reboot was called 90210. And the meta show 
that was about the cast of Beverly Hills 90210, a fictionalized version of the cast of Beverly Hills 90210, trying to do a revival is called BH 90210. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so back in the past, Shannon Doherty is like, hey, Piper. That's how, that's why it connects. Shannon Doherty's like, hey, Piper, would you be my maid of honor? And Piper's like, me? Really? I'm your sister that you apparently share an apartment with. How could I have ever expected that you would ask me to be your maid of honor? I would be maid of honored. And Piper's like, do you think I can just not invite Phoebe to the wedding? Because I really don't want Phoebe to be there. And Piper's like, well, you know, it'll probably break Grams' heart if you don't. And, you know, she's having heart issues. So she should probably be there. And Prue's like, eh. But... Also, from, I mean, I know I was just ragging on Prue for not believing Phoebe, and I still, I still am irritated that she didn't believe Phoebe, but from her point of view, Phoebe is trying to bang her fiancé. Like, I think that's a good reason to not invite her to the wedding. Yes. Also, your fiancé sucks and you shouldn't marry him, but. Yeah, right. And then Piper is like, but what's going to happen if you move? There are going to be all sorts of unintended consequences that... I can't really articulate because we don't know at this point that we have witch powers. Also, then I'm going to be the sad, lonely single woman because you'll be married and Phoebe's like, what, 18, I guess. Yeah. And I will be an, I at the age of what, 21 will be a old maid. And then she, you know, it's not like there's a perfect guy just around the corner for me. And then she bumps into Leo and she's like, sorry. And Leo's like, Sorry. And then he orbs out in the middle of the street because I guess we just don't care about that. Yeah. Yeah. Leo orbs out in public a lot is all I'm saying. So, back in the present, the sisters are having coffee at a cafe and trying to figure out what to do about the about Shadow, the cat warlock familiar. And then he shows up and is like, hey, here I am. Kill me. And they're like, we're not going to kill you. We figured out your game. We're just going to do nothing. And then I guess you turn back into a cat or something. If you, do, if you don't die. Uh, we forgot to mention there. He needs to die nine times before a new moon or a full moon or some moon related thing. Well, I mean, there has, yeah, there has to be a ticking clock. Otherwise, uh, it's just going to get annoying. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, if they, if they don't kill him nine times before then, then he won't turn into an immortal warlock thing. So they're like, we're just not going to kill you before the new moon, which is apparently like tonight or tomorrow or soonish. And he's like, well, I guess I'll just start stabbing waitresses until you kill me. Yep. So he grabs a random waitress and uh, then Phoebe stabs him again. You know, Phoebe, uh, Phoebe gets the, the biggest kill count in this episode. Yeah. This is her, what, third, fourth, fourth? This is, this is her fourth time killing him, right? She did Shoe it. Shoe store, umbrella, kitchen knife now yep four, four times. times uh so we are up to uh set uh six yes yes because piper killed him once with a box cutter and prue killed him once off screen so three more kills so back at the manor piper is just throwing stuff in a pot and boiling it and prue's like what are you doing and she's like oh this is something that grams used to do she would say she was just keeping her hands busy, just boiling random ingredients. And I'm like, Piper, she would, did you not realize that she was making potions? Like, she was clearly making potions. Come on. 
And I get you not getting that before you knew that you were a witch, but now that you know that... Come on. Which... I'm, I'm sorry, I know this is... I know this is not the sort of thing we can really get into so much, but... You, you know, you could just, like, trap him in a painting or something, right? Or a ring. Or a ring. Or an amulet. Or a skin suit. Like, I mean, probably not a skin suit. But, like, you have a lot of options that aren't kill this guy. Well, I mean, they're the charmed ones. Like, they're the ones who are supposed to back clean up. Like, when other witches have trapped people in amulets, they're the ones who are supposed to come in and, like, actually you know, finish the job. So it probably feels anathema to them to, like, put it there for some future witch to have to deal with. I mean, they just need to take him out of play for the next 12 hours or so. Oh, yeah. Oh, I forgot about the ticking clock. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, we can't just let him go killing indefinitely. And it's like, okay, first of all, he wouldn't be. Like, even if he... I mean, obviously, you can't just let him go around killing people, but, like... You'd only be killing people for 12 hours. You can only kill so many people in 12 hours. I mean, do you even need to magically confine him to something? Can't you just have, I mean, I guess this is still magic, but can't you just have Cole come and grab him and bring him to hell and, like, stick him in some sort of hell cell for a few days? Yeah. He, for, uh, I mean, for plot reasons, he has the ability to break through Piper's freeze, which he shouldn't. There's no way he should be powerful enough to do that. It's just, as you said, for plot reasons, so she can't just keep freezing him until the new moon. Which, okay, I like this concept, but it's not tied in at all. I would like if the fact that he was a good witch's familiar was the reason that Piper couldn't freeze him. Ugh, if none of their powers worked. See? I'm sorry, there are just so many, uh, not not to Monday morning quarterback, but there are so many... That's kind of what we do. That is sort of the point of all podcasts, isn't it? But also, all, all also pop we, culture podcasts. We do kind of do a little rewrite a lot. Yeah. But like, you couldn't, there, there are so many cool directions this plot could have gone in and just doesn't. Nope. So we cut from Piper just messing around to Grams. I mean, Grams is finishing the potion that will seal the girl's powers forever. Probably. I mean, they're the charmed ones. Grams is a powerful witch, but how much does your... I guess your magic does stick around after you're dead, because, like, the... The go-go boots she enchanted. Oh my god, right? Or that ring that turns you into Donna Reed from the Donna Reed show. God. Actually... Sorry, sorry, go on. I was just gonna say Donna Reed was actually pretty cool. Like, the, the, the actress Donna Reed. Oh. Okay, I am not familiar with her at all outside of as a lyric in uh, Little Shop of Horrors. It's just weird how, like, she became synonymous with the perfect housewife that she played in the Donna Reed show when, like, she was a producer on her own show. She, like, she she was, she, she was kind of out there kicking ass before, uh... Lucille Ball. Oh, no, I, actually, I think she was contemporary with Lucille Ball, but I meant before it was common for women to be out there kicking ass like that. Mm. Um, it wasn't like a Hedy Lamar situation, though. She did not invent Wi-Fi. But she did, it, it's funny, too, because she did want to do, like, uh, when she was developing the Donna Reed show, she had all of these ideas, like, what if Donna Reed was, like, a matador? Like, I, I don't remember if that was actually one of them, but she had all these wild ideas, and they were like, 
What if she's just like a wife and mother? And she's like, okay, fine. Whatever. Paychecks cash the same. <laughs> what if it was Bewitched, but no one had magic powers? A Donna Reed I, actually... I know it predated Bewitched by... I know Bewitched was... What if Donna Reed did magic? Yes. But anyway, it's just weird... And wore pants. Yes. Anyway, it's just weird that Donna Reed became kind of synonymous with, with the character when, in fact, she was... That's why you don't name characters after yourself. Yep. Yep. Uh, Kathy Geiswhite. Uh, learned Regret that lesson. That, yeah. Yeah, that's why uh, I learned from Jamie Loftus's act cast that she told Liz Johnson, who did for better or for worse, not to name the family the Johnsons because then she would be stuck being associated with those characters for the rest of her life. Did she tell her to not turn the family into a weird simulacrum version of her own family that she could control? I feel like that's implied when she says don't call them the Johnsons, but, eh. Given what happens with For Better or For Worse, which, my god, how is there not a documentary about that? Because, for those of you who don't know, For Better or For Worse is a, what do you call it, a soap strip? I mean, it's a, Because it, it had jokes, but it also had, like, ongoing dramatic plot lines, but also characters aged. It's a weird strip, because it started out gag of a day, and then, like, like, Kathy style. But then, as you said, continuity became more and more important, and it it did shift into a dramatic strip. I mean, one of the more interesting things about it is that the characters aged in more or less real time. Yes. Like, they started out as, the, the kids started out as babies, and they were full-grown adults with their own families by the end. But they were loosely based on her family, it, the, the comic strip artist slash writer based the characters off of her husband and kids. And then when her husband didn't want to have another baby, she just had her character have another baby. Mm-hmm. Or the fe- Yeah, the female character. A- she had the female character patterned after herself, had a, had a baby in the strip. And then, like, when her daughter left in real life, she wrote a storyline where the daughter leaves and comes back. And marries her high school boyfriend. And marries her high school boyfriend. And there's a whole weird wish fulfillment aspect to this. I, uh, about a year or so ago, I went looking for, I, I was like, surely someone did like a long form journalism story about this, but I couldn't find anything. Like nobody's really delved into it, like you said. And it's interesting because for better or for worse is a really good comic strip for most of its run until you get to the end stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, it was pretty progressive for its time. Like, it got pulled from a bunch of newspapers when they had a, a character came out as gay, and it was a big dramatic storyline, and it, it got them dropped. And it, it's, it's honestly, it's really well-written and drawn for a lot of its run. It's just, it ends on this very, very unfortunate note. What's funny is it, um, this is also the plot from Gone Girl with Amazing Amy. Yeah. Where uh, in in Gone Girl the 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 girl, the uh, the eponymous girl, her her parents wrote children's books modeled after her, but like when she decided to quit violin, they wrote a book about how amazing Amy wanted to quit violin, but she stuck with it cuz perseverance is important and Ugh. And then like when she didn't get married, they wrote a book about amazing Amy. Like they wrote like a like a big finale book where Amazing Amy is all grown up and getting married. 
Yeah. Oof. And then she married Ben Affleck. Mm-hmm. I... So, I really like the novel, um, and in the novel, Nick is described as having a punchable face, and then when they cast Ben Affleck, I was like, chef's kiss. Yeah, I, I like Ben Affleck, but I'm He most... just has a punchable face! Well, I like him in the context of sad Ben Affleck memes, which is, it's not a good thing because he has a lot of issues in real life, and he is probably genuinely a sad person, but... I've used the picture of him smoking on that balcony countless times because it is just this perfect encapsulation of despair. Like, the image says despair more than words ever could. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And and that's the thing about Ben Affleck. He does despair really well in real life. there, There were pictures of him on a yacht or cruise or something with Jennifer Lopez where it's he's next to this amazingly beautiful woman on this super fancy yacht, and he just looks so sad. Well, does he just have resting despair face? He might. Oh, or those pictures of him trying to pick up all those Dunkin' Donuts boxes yes. that got dropped outside of his house. I mean, there, there are so many of them, and they're all beautiful. Uh, it's, it's a work of art. I could have a sad Ben Affleck theme to the house, just framed pictures of him being sad everywhere. I mean, I don't want him to be sad. I have nothing against the man personally. No, I don't either. It's just, he, uh, you said he has a naturally punchable face, which is- He does, yeah. Which is true, but he also, he, he, he encapsulates despair so well. He does. Oh my god, charmed. So, back in the flashback, Gramps is just messing around with her hands in the kitchen, which would be just a huge waste of food and- roses if you know that was what she was actually doing instead of brewing potions but piper comes in piper's like are, are you making something can i help I'm, i was going to bake sadness cookies because i'm a single lonely woman who works at a call center and you know people spit on me when i walk down the street and grams is like didn't I was going to do that food porn scene from Bridesmaids where Kristen Wiig makes herself a single cupcake. Mm, yes. And Grimms is like, you always liked baking and cooking. Why don't you become a chef like you always wanted to? And Piper's like, being a chef won't pay the bills, Grimms. And Grimms is like, really? Yeah, it would. <laughs> like. I mean, it's not. I think she says cookies don't pay the bills, actually, but they, they could. Like, it's not outrageous like it's not like she's saying she's gonna go be a a... professional kazoo player right like chef is a career yeah a career that you can make a fair amount of money at Uh, you're in a big foodie city like this whatever (laughs) whatever it's not like she follows that dream anyway she opens a club it's true anyway um grams we see after piper leaves puts the the potion she takes it out of the out of the pot and puts it into a very ornate potion bottle an incredibly sinister looking potion bottle and she's like oh my sweet girls you won't survive what comes next so i do want to say that when piper was in the kitchen she was like oh hey if you're just keeping your hands busy you should put some sea salt in here to balance out the mustard seed and that's fine if Grams was just doing stuff willy-nilly, but that potion's still good, Grams! <laughs> Even though Piper added other ingredients to it, still good? 
Okay. Okay, whatever. You know, it, it's like they say in rocket science. Close enough! Uh, anyway, in the present, the cat familiar warlock is in the living room taunting the girls. He's like, hey, you should kill me or else I'm just going to go around killing a bunch of other people. And Piper freezes him and she's like, oh, what if I freeze him forever? Apparently forgetting that earlier in the episode he broke out of a freeze. I don't think she noticed that he broke out of the freeze. I think that was just for our benefit. But... He breaks out of this freeze and he's like, ah, as the hour draws nearer, my power grows because that's convenient to the plot, I guess. And they're like, let's walk into another room. What? I mean, they, they don't even, they just. Like... Well, he, so he starts walking away from them because uh, he's like, well, I'll just go out and kill a bunch of people if you're not going to kill me. And. You know, Piper could just freeze him. Like, like I know he broke out of it, but. Couldn't she just freeze him a little bit and keep freezing him a little bit until they, you know, tie him up or whatever? Can I don't he, can know. Can he teleport? I, I don't... He doesn't seem really like he has powers, but Prue just telekinesis kills him. Yeah, by throwing a letter opener at him. And she's like, I'm sorry, I just couldn't listen to him anymore. So that's eight? Are we at eight now? I think we're at seven. No, we must be at eight. Oh, yeah, yeah, because they killed him with... The, yeah, it's, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Whatever. We go back into a flashback where Grams is talking to uh, Patty's ghost about sealing the girl's powers away forever, and Patty's like, No! They have a destiny! They're going to be the charmed ones! They're going to save the world! And Pat, and uh, Grams is like, Patty, I lost you, and it nearly killed me. I can't bear the thought of losing them. And they are not going to be able to survive against evil. She also says that when she dies, they'll come into their powers and they're not ready for that. Which is not true. There's a three-year gap, apparently, between her dying and them getting their powers back. Which, I'm pretty sure that Grams died, like... Oh, God, I don't know. I don't know what the timeline was in the pilot between Graham's dying and them getting their powers because Piper talked about... Piper was engaged to Jeremy. Yeah. But also it seemed like Graham's died recentishly. Well, Phoebe didn't go off to New York till after she died, right? In this episode, yes. I don't think that was the case here. I mean, I don't think that was the case originally. This episode just doesn't fit in with continuity at all. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Grams was alive when Phoebe ran away from New York to look for their dad. Which is also apparently not continuity now. But Grams is like, I'm sorry, Patty, but I need to seal away the girl's powers for their own good. And, and then she blows out the candle to, like, cut off her communication with Patty, which seems like such a dick move. But then she has a heart attack at the top of the stairs and falls down the stairs and dies. And, uh... God, I don't think this works with continuity. Yeah. And Piper finds her and she's like, No! Also, Phoebe and Peru are there. So this is when their power should have unlocked. Yeah. Whatever. Right. <laughs> so, no, I, I, guess it, I guess it was... I guess that was the seventh time... 
because we cut back to the present and they vanquish the guy in the attic. Yeah, we cut to the the sisters in the attic and and we just we just see Shadow with like a fireplace poker in his chest and the sisters are like, "Oh, well, that's eight. I guess we I I guess he's just going to become an immortal demon we can't stop." Which, in which case, he would probably kill way more people than if you just let him kill people for the next hour or so. But, uh, Pru- but Piper's like, wait a second. He, he, uh, he feels pain every time he dies. What if we multiplied that pain? Wouldn't that stop him somehow? Well, like, he's not really feeling the deaths because... So <laughs> she, she, she points out that he he screams in pain every time they kill him, but it's a brief thing. What if we made him feel actual death, and then that would actually what 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 is that? Well, you know, the episode's almost out of runtime, and that's what you came up with. I don't. Uh, what? I I don't I don't get why this is supposed to work. You know what I think? I think this is them actually coming up with a vanquishing spell, and that's what kills him. And not this weird thing where they stab him with random objects, because that's never been how you kill demons or warlocks. I mean, I, I, I mean, okay, I like, guess, like, Javna got killed when you stabbed him. In, I'm sorry. Javna got killed when you stabbed him in his, like... Third uh, eye. Third eye thing. Okay, but... Or, no, wait, it was the demon from the future that had the third eye thing. Uh, Prue had to make that hand of Muhammad to kill uh, Javna. I'm sorry. Javna! Which, God, how weird was that, right? Yes. Was I, it, was it I mean, they're not, they're not, though. They're not writing a vanquishing spell. They're, they're specifically saying he has to die nine times, but what if we actually made him feel what nine deaths really feel like? Like, putting too much air into a balloon it's it doesn't make any sense and again i know it's charmed there's only like you but but you have to try more than this you have to try more. you don't i i guess you don't but like why would him feeling all the pain of all nine deaths kill him for realsies how does that work you know what? I remembered liking this episode when we get in, you know, when we were starting to watch it, but it really honks me off now. Yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of insulting how little they tried in this episode. Yeah. So back in the past, Piper and Prue are like, hey, based on where Grams died, was she in the attic? Because she always told us that door led to nowhere and definitely did not open it ever. And Phoebe's like, she was probably just doing old lady crap whatever i'm gonna go to new york i want to live in new york i'm gonna live in new york now and they're like you're just going to abandon grams and she's like grams is dead there's only and it's not like you guys want me here and they're like well that is true yep i mean so did roger tell prove that like phoebe stopped by his apartment to sleep with him on the way over to new york or i don't know maybe but like yeah, they're they're going to go their separate ways, except obviously not because Prue doesn't marry Roger. For some reason. 
I mean, because he sucks, but... Right, right, but I mean... And then she continues working with him for three more years. Well, she didn't really have a choice. At the museum? Yeah. I mean, she could have just found a different job like she does at the... uh... Oh, yeah, okay. Sure, sure. (laughs) I mean, I guess guess she ended up quitting because he got promoted over her because he took credit for all of her work. So I guess she didn't have a good reason not to work at the museum until that happened. I mean... Close proximity to your ex. Especially an ex that ended so acrimoniously. Like, that's... And then she worked with him for three more years. That's... Yeah. Yeah. That's weird. But, yes. They are separated as sisters. So, did one of them develop the picture and then hang it up on the wall? No, no. We saw we saw Grams do that before. Oh, oh right, right. Yeah. Because she used her magic to move them closer together in the picture than they actually were. Because that's how telekinesis works. I mean, I I guess you could... I assume it was a clamor. Oh. Oh, yeah, I guess that. Which means, by the way, that in the episodes where the sisters are fighting and they move further apart, that's the act... that's, That's the reality. The closeness is the illusion. But then we get... Honestly, it's a pretty cool shot of, uh... It's like a time-lapse shot of the front hallway uh, to bring us back into the present. And, uh, yeah, they're preparing to vanquish the cat demon for the last time by reading this spell that makes him feel the pain of... (laughs) So he, he bursts into the manor and is like, Okay, kill me the ninth time! Does it take him a little while to come back? Yes. Okay. So, and, and they, they say that when um, when they're up in the attic. They're like, in the time it takes him to recoalesce, we have to figure something out. But they... Also, he quotes Apocalypse Now. He's like, I love the smell of defeated witch in the morning. Smells like victory. He does. He, uh, he, he quotes he Apocalypse does... Now. It, it really bothers me how much it feels like no one was trying on this <laughs> script. Like, that's not clever. It doesn't... It, what? What are you doing? But, yeah, they, they do the potion, uh, they throw a potion and they say, a rhyme, and he's like, Oh no, I'm dying, but for reals this time! And I'm like, you couldn't have made it look more impressive? Like... It's a little more impressive. It's like a slightly showier explosion, but it really doesn't look that different from his other vanquishes. Well, no, no, we see we see nine spirits like whipping around him because those are the nine times he died. Okay, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess. And then he he blows up, but it's brighter this time. Yep. And they're like, "Ooh, that felt like a real vanquish," which, I mean. I guess it felt like a real vanquish because you used a potion and rhymed at him, which is usually how you vanquish people. Yep. Yep. Anyway, Phoebe is uh, not one to dwell on victory. She's like, well, it was nice we got to do something as sisters before Piper leaves us forever. It's nice that we got to do something together for one last time. And Piper's like, I'm not moving out. It was barely a subplot. Like, it, it was it was the main point of this episode, and yet it was barely a subplot. Like, 
we talked about it briefly in the beginning. I got boxes at one point. Nothing. I'm sorry, that doesn't happen yet. We uh, we get Piper sitting with the boxes, and we get her looking at the picture, and Leo's like, so are you ready to leave? And, well, and, and the potion bottle that Graham's made, because now that she's a witch, she realizes that what was in the potion was a spell to take away their powers. So she's like, holy shit, Krebs is going to take away our powers! Should be a bigger moment, honestly. Well, That should be the crux of an episode. But, but Leo has just finished loading all of their stuff into the car. And it's the next morning, by and, the way. And it's the next morning. And Piper comes out and she's like, you know what? I've decided that we're not going to move out. And Leo's like, you waited until I got all of her stuff in the car. She literally did. <laughs> oh my God. Why would you? Also, okay. So are they not renting that apartment again now or what? I... I'm assuming that they had the apartment ready for them. Otherwise, that's pretty presumptuous, Piper. Oh, okay. I would not assume that because uh, as somebody who used to work in residential real estate, and this is one of the reasons I prefer commercial real estate now, people would come to closings and there would be like an issue holding things up. And the real estate agent would be like, oh, but they have all their stuff in a U-Haul in the driveway right now. And I was like, you know that things can go wrong at the closing table. Why did you tell them not? Like, why didn't you tell them not to do that? So, uh, yeah, this isn't, this isn't unbelievable. But yeah, so Piper's like, you know what, Leo? I've decided that I want to stay in the house. And Leo's like, okay, that does not affect me at all. She's like, yeah. I don't care. I have no possessions. <laughs> it's true, he doesn't. Uh, but yeah, if Grams is going to take away their powers because they were going to be separated, then maybe they should stay together. And then... Prue and Phoebe try to do, like, a joke where they're like, well, I'm sorry, but you have to move to the bigger bedroom because there's two of you now. Except they don't even do it with that much, like... Yeah. They're like, you have to move to the bigger bedroom. Which... So, I guess Prue moved into Grams's bedroom? Yeah, that's and... what seems to be the case. And, by the way, the bigger bedroom has an ensuite bathroom because we've talked before about how many bathrooms are there. Okay, so... Three, then? One upstairs, one downstairs, and one in the master bedroom is what appears to be the case. Okay. Yes. So there should never be an issue. Yeah, there should never be an issue. Uh, maybe there's just one downstairs, or maybe there's not one downstairs. Maybe there's just one upstairs and one in the master bedroom. I guess. I mean, there was that one with the standing shower that Barbus nearly killed her in that I don't feel like we've seen since the first Barbus episode. I think that's the one that's in the master bedroom. I think that's the one. Oh, yeah, you're right, because they were sharing a shower. They were sharing a shower earlier, and the other bathroom is the one that has the bathtub in it. Yeah. Where Prue is nearly drowned by the dream sorcerer and where Piper hid from uh, the movie monsters when the movie monsters came to life. Yes. So two bathrooms. Two bathrooms. But, yeah, I guess Prue's moving back into... Wait a second, but Phoebe's like, and I get to move out of the smallest bedroom, which, if there were four bedrooms, why was Phoebe in the smallest bedroom? Why didn't, why didn't she just move into one of the other, why didn't she move into the other bedroom? Unless it's also, I, whatever, who cares? Episode over. God, I remembered this episode being so much better than it was, and I like so much about the concepts behind it. 
I would love to see just a Graham-centric flashback episode. Well, I... it, it feels like... I, I, I kind of... As, as we've been talking about it, I've kind of figured out what feels weird and off about it. Mm-hmm. We said before that it seems like a filler episode, but it also feels like they took, like, five half-baked plots and... Smooshed them together. And smooshed them together. So as we're watching it, we're like, can you choose one of those plots and bake it fully, please? <sighs> so much like the uh, Charmed Ones, we have our own power of three. The first power in our pack is Premonitions. Who in this episode is, was, or will become famous? I didn't recognize anyone. Uh, did you have anyone for this? So I do, but only because I looked it up because I have not watched this show yet. But the the witch who the witch who died, whose name by the way was Ariel. Okay. Hmm. Now I'm just like Ariel, and the familiar was called Shadow, and like there could have been like a Caliban thing going on. Hmm. Like another plot you could have baked fully. Anyway, the the woman who played Ariel was uh, Sherry Salm, who is one of the stars of The Fosters, a show oh. that I've not gotten around to watching yet. But yeah, I've heard good things about that. Yeah. She's, she's one of the moms, right? Yeah, she's one of the moms. Yeah, I, I can see that now that you've mentioned it. I've also never seen The Fosters, but it got... I've seen so many commercials for it. Huh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and good for her, because this episode was not nice to her. No, it was not. <laughs> Killed by a cat. I'm glad she got her own show. Uh, the second power in our pack is Time Freeze. What specifically dated the episode for you? Fighting over the newspaper. That at was the breakfast mine! Table. Yeah. Yes! Having to share a single newspaper instead of everyone just reading the news on their phone, if that's what you want to be doing. Yeah. Yeah. N- newspapers! Newspapers. Print media is dead. Sad but true. Yep. New York Times bought Wordle. And that will bring us to the third power in our pack. Uh, telekinesis. What, if anything moved you this episode no 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 telekinesis for me this episode okay it doesn't work continuity wise but i do really like the conversations grams has with patty Mm. and i would have liked to see more of that um so the conversations with patty could have worked in a different episode but the way they happened here they just irritated me because They were treated so casually, and we know how much it hurt the sisters to not have their mother. Also, yes, I know what I just said, but also this does feel like the first time Patty has appeared casually, because when she has shown up in the past, it's always been a really big deal. Mm -hmm. It's been for big things, like when Prue is drowning, or to usher Sam into the afterlife. Sam, they're her old white lighter who spent his whole life trying to fight the demon that killed her or you know piper's wedding like she showed up for big things and this this is sort of a very casual way to bring her back yeah which does kind of rob from the specialness of patty and and from the sister's grief like they they've been grieving pretty much their whole lives but they could have been they could have seen her whenever they felt like it if grams had let them in on the whole witch thing exactly yeah so this, this moves me to be irritated with grams. <laughs> All right. Do you have, uh, 
I believe that will about do it for our segments. Yep, that's it for our powers. Uh, next week's episode is Sin Francisco. Oh, oh my god, this is the one with Lazy Leo. I love this episode. The Charmed Ones, this is according to Peacock, the Charmed Ones fall prey to a demon wielding the seven deadly sins. This is the one where Piper Piper gets greed and uh, Peru gets pride and Leo gets sloth and uh, Phoebe gets lust, which is less fun because it's just, oh, Phoebe wants to have sex with men. What a new thing to do with Phoebe. No, but I suspect this will be a nice palate cleanser after. Yeah, I remember enjoying this episode. Although, of course, I also remembered enjoying this episode. So, But yeah, I'm excited for next week now. Me too. Me too. So I think that's it for this week. Mm-hmm. Our show is partially listener-supported. If you want to be one of those supporters, you should head over to our website, www.welcometotelevision.net, and click on our Patreon link. We'd like to thank our current $5 and above patrons, Beryl, Patricia, Rosa, Ryan, Maricruz, Benjamin, Kate, Jen, and Dan. If you'd like to support the show in other ways, you could always rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find the show. If you want to talk about this episode, or any episode, or any episode of any television show, you should join our Facebook group, Welcome to Television. We can also be contacted at I Love TV Zines on Twitter, or at I Love Television Zines at gmail.com. So until next time, I'm Tina. And I'm Max. And this has been Welcome to Hallowell Manor. Welcome to Hallowell Manor.